0: It's your docmaster Michael Atolano, and you are listening to The Starboard. You're listening to The Starboard. On this episode of The Starboard, I have Doug C.T. Thomas, founder of La Kiwi Music. Welcome aboard, Doug. Hey, thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. It's finally great to be able to talk with you. So tell me about La Kiwi Music and how this whole concept got started. I
1: had an importing wholesale company importing audio products into New Zealand for about 30 years. I had a cancer scare and had two major operations around around about the 2000 mark. I sold the business, got out of it completely, went back into music. I've always composed music from way back, played in various bands in New Zealand and Australia for about 10 years professionally. Stopped doing that, started the importing wholesale company.
0: After I um, recuperated, I got back into music, and that's how it started. You have a slew of artists that you work with in your recordings, and I have to say that every single one of them sounds (laughs) top-notch. How did you go about recruiting the artists that you found? Well... I discovered a website called MySpace, an American
1: website, which I thought was fantastic, (laughs) uh, simply because it was mainly for musicians and artists of various types. I heard a broadcaster, Debbie, she was rated, I think, the best or second best jazz singer in Scotland. I know that sounds crazy, but jazz is very big in Scotland. They have a lot of great musicians up there. And she hosted... Several events, the Arts Festival in Edinburgh, I think she hosted those. And the year before that, Natalie Cole did it for several years. Debbie took over that role. I heard her singing, and I thought, that's the type of vocalist I'm looking for. I write mainly Latin-inspired type compositions. And uh, to me, that's her forte.
0: And the type of music that you write, and the music I received from your wonderful manager, Carol Owen, who's been great and instrumental with everything. Your style of music is very broad and very eclectic. And so everything that I receive, not one style of music sounds the same as the next song. So your artist that you're referring to is Debbie Davis on vocals. She's a wonderful vocalist, and we had her on a couple of podcasts ago. Her story is also amazing. How do you assemble your band when you go into the studio?
1: Well... I write my music on guitar. I'm a very bad guitarist, but (laughs) it's just an instrument for me to write music on. I'm left-handed. I use unusual chord structures, simply because being left-handed and having a right-stringed guitar, it blends various unusual elements into the music, especially the different chords. Then I use a very simple computer program called Band in the Box, Now, I've had Cubase and various other computer music software programs, but to me, they're too complicated. I'd rather learn a new instrument than learn a computer program. And so I send it all off on MP3 to Clark Sawley, who lives in Scotland. He's worked for people like Average White Band, Big Country, Simple Minds. He's done sound for bands such as Spandau Ballet, Depeche Mode, even Tom Jones, and many new bands up there. So he's excellent. He he plays a fantastic keyboard. You hear him on all those songs. He also plays a very good bass. So he's playing bass as well. He gets various Scottish musicians. Because of COVID, he was very limited. People couldn't travel. So he had to make do with the musicians up in that area. He lives about 80 or 90 miles north of Edinburgh, Kilmarnock.
0: To me, he does a fantastic job. That's a wonderful, great arsenal of people that he's worked with. Your music sounds very polished. Your music stands toe-to-toe with anybody else that I've listened to and any other music that we receive from different sources. It's very easy to listen to. But not just that, the instrumentation is great on there. However, everything that I hear, you're the man behind the curtain. (laughs) I prefer it that way. So you play the primary guitars, correct? I have two other
1: producers, Mike McCarthy from Manuka Studios in Oriwa, north of Auckland. He's a great producer, arranger. He's produced hundreds and hundreds of full CDs for various artists around the world. And also Stu Pierce, another keyboard player, recording engineer. Some of the songs you've played, they've had the three of them doing various songs for me. Uh, All very good, all very professional. Now, our main guitarist is Harvey Mann, who was in The Underdogs with me in New Zealand in the late 60s. He's living in Australia. He does a lot of work for movie companies in America, but he plays the odd guitar for me when I think there's a song that suits him. He was on the latest one, Song for Miles, that you played the other night. on crossing the bar during the lead work. And to me, he plays as good as anyone in the world, if not better.
0: So today we received notice that your song Feel My Love featuring Debbie Davis is one of the top songs on our station from RIAA, meaning people are starting to hear your music and starting to like it. Congratulations to that.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Whenever I hear a new music trend, I try and do the opposite. So I, <laughs> I'd rather do my type of music. And whether that works or not, who knows? Tell us about Sacred Peyote Cult. Okay. Well, Clark Sawley is the keyboard player. We get Harvey Mann to play guitar on the odd thing. He has his own musicians over in uh, Scotland. He uses occasionally different ones. It's just a style of music that's not suited for Debbie or anyone else. It's more ambient rock, so to speak. A different genre, again, which I always have liked writing. It blends into almost like smooth jazz territory. When I was 12 years old, I started listening to jazz like the modern jazz quartet. Milt Jackson on vibe, to me, fantastic. Piano, vibes, double bass and drums. Then a friend of mine started importing records by Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, people like Clark Terry, Horace Silver, brilliant musicians. And that's where I started listening to that first. And then I went to rock later on. But I started with a jazz background, listening to all the American jazz greats, Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, of course, Art Pepper, incredible musicians. And uh, that's how it all started. So I try and keep, if I can, that jazz
0: element. You seem to have a broad background also with your circle of musicians and people that you know in the music industry. So how did you find your way with love? I was in Los Angeles at the time, just for a week
1: or so on holiday. And I went to a record shop, I think it was in the Valley. And there were two CDs I saw by Love. And I hadn't heard of the band for years. And he was always a favorite band of mine in the, the late 60s, always. They were so different. And that's what appealed to me. So I asked the, uh, the female at the counter serving, I said, is this group still playing? And she said, sadly, no, Arthur Lee's doing nothing. I said, what? He's a huge talent. I've been a fan of his since way back. Got back to New Zealand with the two CDs and I started asking around, what's he doing? No one knew. I finally got hold of a contact who gave me Arthur Lee's mother's number in Chicago at the time. (laughs) Now, she's a very interesting woman. She taught Muhammad Ali when he was in a type of reform school when he was a young boy and they kept in touch for years after that. Anyway, we talked, and she gave me Arthur's number in L.A., and I think it was in Studio City. So I contacted Arthur, rang him up, and I said, what are you doing? Nothing, nothing. I said, you've got a huge talent. Why don't we get something going, and let's get some music going. He said, yeah, call me when you're in L.A. next. I said, I'm in Hong Kong next week. Instead of coming back to New Zealand, I was importing hi-fi from there as well as Japan and everything. He said, call him and see me. So instead of coming back, I went to L.A. That was in 1994, I think it was. And uh, we've been mates ever since until he passed away. 2006.
0: That is such an interesting story because Love is a band, I think, that's highly underappreciated. Totally. One of the things with Love is they were one of the influential bands that influenced bands such as The Doors. Janis yes. Joplin, yes, Jefferson Airplane, they put a lot of the rock and roll from the 60s on the map from Southern California. Basically, they paved the way for a lot of these bands, and then these other bands came and just became worldwide phenomenons. Exactly. By the time I had gotten back into the music industry, I know I had mentioned that I had ran sound one night for their show, and yes. I didn't know who they were when they were booked. I'm not saying I hadn't heard their music. So before the band even started, and this is a smaller venue, I think it holds maximum of 100 people, but they were charging a little more. And so the owner of the place had me, he told me no guest list for this band because seating is limited. So I didn't know who Johnny Eccles was, or I hadn't recognized him. And so I I asked him when he came in, hey, I'm checking people in right now. You know, we don't have a guest list. He's like, what do you mean we don't have a guest list? (laughs) Just the way he was talking, I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally pissed this guy off. And it turns out to be Johnny Eccles. And then I just felt bad because I was only doing what the owner of the venue was asking. And sometimes the owners have you do things that they wouldn't do. So anyway, Johnny Eccles comes in and then I started talking to him. And then they were just fantastic. It was such an honor for me to be there that day. It's funny that you had mentioned them and that you have a sort of history with them in a different way. And also 1994 was a lot more difficult to get a hold of people. So kudos on that. It was. So is La Kiwi a project itself, or is that your publishing company, or is that your label, or what exactly is La well, Kiwi? That's really a label, just
1: a very small label. We're expanding day by day, but I recorded a CD of Lur Kiwi music, and it was more ambient, not as rocky as Sacred Piety Cult. It was more laid back as far as ambient sounds went. I put that CD out in the early 2000s, and it did quite well for what it was. Unusual music it still sounds fairly timeless even today, and you're playing crossing the bar from that CD, which now was gone over to Sacred Piticod because that's more that genre. We're not a live recording band. People want us to play live, but no, it's mainly recording.
0: When I first received your music from Carol, I wasn't sure how to receive it mentally. So what I did is I just put it in rotation. Is this something that you've just been accumulating over time? Well, I've been writing music since the 60s. Some
1: good, some terrible, but uh, we just keep (laughs) on going. And I've written hundreds of songs. I've got a huge back catalog, not even recorded yet. And I'm just going through to see which has appealed on what genre. I've got a whole list of songs for Debbie, about 20 to 30 songs, new ones for Debbie to record. Of course, that's going to take time. I've got just as many instrumentals,
0: various genres, even early Celtic type music. It sounds like you're involved in more than just simply writing the music. You could call me a conductor if you like, but that's about it. I just guide people here and there and take
1: it from there. I like giving people the freedom to express how they feel the song. And nine times out of 10, it comes out perfectly. Tell me about your work with Truda Chadwick. Yeah, (laughs) Truda. That's another story. Truda is, um, I call her the queen of the Nile. A great singer, a perfectionist, must be done her way or none at all, so... We get involved in all sorts of various arguments, but uh, we seem to get on in the end. Very well known in New Zealand. I don't know if you've heard of a musician in Britain called Georgie Fame. Georgie Fame and the Blue Flames. They were going from the 60s. I think he's still playing. He does a lot of work for Van Morrison as well under his real name, which I can't remember. Truda has sung with him in Asia for about, I think they did three to six months singing. And she went to Britain and sang with him for a while. So she's had a lot of experience with top musicians here and the UK. Now, how did you go about onboarding her to work with you? We've been friends since the late 60s, early 70s. Always liked the vocals. Now, that was produced in New Zealand by Mike McCarthy, the producer I uh, mentioned before. The trumpet player was a, uh, an American who's been living in New Zealand for years. Um, Rick Roth, I think his name is. He did the muted trumpet on that song. Boom, boom,
0: boom. When I saw your light, it seems that you ain't sleeping
1: just like me.
0: There's so many different elements going on with each and every artist that, like I said, once again, it doesn't sound like anything else that you released before, but everything that you released has a sophistication to it. Oh, thank you. And so she's no different and she's completely a different vocalist than Debbie Davis is. Oh, totally different. What are you currently in the works on with your music as we speak?
1: Okay, right now, Debbie Davis has got six songs she's working on right now doing the lyrics some melodies. I've got about another five or six Sacred Poyote songs ready to go with Clark when he's got time. Of course, uh, you know, everything takes time. I really need a local band in New Zealand of different musicians, uh, which I'm looking at at the moment too, to do other projects. But I write a lot of music and, you know, there's over a hundred still not even
0: recorded yet. So you're eventually planning on doing live Performances, correct? No, no, I'm sick of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I leave it to the young guns. I live in the country, not far from a beautiful mountain.
0: I live alone, and that's how I do it. So nothing really changed. So now, how do you go about getting the drummers? Because your drummers are all just fantastic.
1: Uh, well, Clark arranges that. Being Scottish, there's no shortage of good drummers in Scotland. So Clark does that over there. When Harvey Mann plays, he lays down the track in Australia, all in waveform, wave file, and um, sends it back to Clark. We're in different countries. Debbie's in Spain. She does the vocals in Spain. Sends it back to Clark in Scotland. Harvey does the same from Australia to Scotland. I send all my demos to Clark in Scotland. So it's um, this is a great thing about the digital age. To me, it sounds like you're in a band. Well... In the old days when we were playing in bands in the late 60s, early 70s, to get into a studio, the two inch tape tracks, the reel to reel players, and all the studio gear, you were looking at 250,000 plus. Now, with digital technology, you can get a good home studio for about 10,000 less. So, that's the beauty about digital. I still love the
0: analog warmth, but digital is so convenient. A lot of things have changed with digital, especially within the past five years. Interesting that you could do a lot of stuff even on your phone. Yes, and, you oh, know, very true. Just They're starting to fine tune a lot of those frequencies. Tell me about your father and his history as a merchant marine building yachts. I thought that was interesting.
1: Just before the war started, my father, Godfrey Thomas, he won the New Zealand amateur boxing title in the, I think, featherweight division, very small But those days in New Zealand, every town had a boxing gymnasium. Boxing in the 1930s was bigger than rugby in New Zealand. Now, rugby is pretty big here. Anyway, there were boxers all over the place. He got the title. World War II started, so Dad and his three brothers all enlisted in the first echelon to go overseas and fight. Dad's brothers all got enlisted. Dad was turned down. And he said, why? He said, you're not fit enough. And dad said, well, look, I've just won the New Zealand title. I run seven miles a day. And I'm not sure if he said barefoot or in very, very cheap and nasty tennis shoes. In those days, they're not the tennis shoes of today. So he used to run seven miles a day. They said, you're not fit enough. And he said, why? And they said, well, because you're flat footed. You cannot join the army, navy or air force. That was quite a shock to him. So, the only place he could, the only um, service he could join was the merchant navy, which the Americans call the merchant marines. And that's what happened there. Uh, built various yachts and things, not, you know, 30, 40 footers, not big super yachts or
0: anything. But he was always a lover of the sea. I was a dock master. And so, what happened was I started doing interviews and I just kept the title because it sounds very much like a DJ. It does, that's what I thought. I think, isn't New Zealand on the Pacific coast as well? Yes, the east coast of our country
1: is on the Pacific side. I'm on the opposite side, the Tasman Sea, which faces Australia. But half the country is on the Pacific.
0: That's so strange. And also, there's a station in Australia called Pacific Coast Radio. Oh, okay. And ironically, they play similar music. Ah, are you involved with them at all? We have nothing to do with them. I might actually reach out to them yes. just to say hi and hello. How are you? There are some
1: great Aussie bands and a couple of good friends of mine in bands over there. They'd love to get exposure, I'm sure.
0: So what can we seek in the future with Doug C.T.
1: Thomas? Well, just what I'm doing now. Always trying to get better. And this is why I love your station. Some of the people that I've heard, I've never heard before. Like the woman that sings Burn the Boats, M. Greiner. Yes, yeah, I, I like her style. You got Steak Cows, you got, is it Chuck Laub? Oh, yeah, Chuck Lorb. Yep, Sea yeah. Wind, Jeff Lauber, Moak, <laughs> that rent song I like. Now, who's the guy that
0: does Morning Sunrise? Russell Blake.
1: Yes. Yeah, very
0: good, very good. Now, a lot of the artists that you mentioned are artists that have submitted music to us. And so it's great. And I feel like you guys are becoming my new family. Well, that's good. That's fantastic. Oh, now, before I forget,
1: Mike Stern and Jeff Lorber. Man, they're doing some great stuff. Oh, yeah. Jeff Lorber's top notch. Now, this young guy who you've got on your station now, um, Bruno Mars, man, that guy has got talent.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) I've always loved soul music from way back. And that song, Leave the Door Open, to me, that's one of the best soul songs ever written.
0: Yeah, he's a phenom. He has like all the good traits of what Michael Jackson could have carried over and just he's around with it, you know?
1: Oh, look, I, I think he's in a league of his own. Pharrell yeah. is the same. I like that Pharrell. And I think you do a song by Outkast. Very good young musicians. Fantastic.
0: Earth, Wind, and Fire covered that song with Kenny G.
1: Okay, well, they were a favorite of mine too, Earth, Wind and & Fire, and the Commodores.
0: And the Commodores, Walter Orange, Clyde Orange, who was the singer, he recently retired. His two sons joined recently, and they haven't said why he's retired. I okay, wonder what's now, going to be happening with them in the future. Was Clyde the drummer? He was the drummer, then he became the singer. He's the one that sings Brick House.
1: Yes, well, Ronald LaPred, the bass player for 18 years, is a very good friend of mine. He lives in New Zealand when he's not in America. And he took me to one of their shows one night, and I met all the Commodores afterwards. This was after Lionel Richie left.
0: And uh, we had a great night. Excellent band. Excellent band. Doug, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And everyone, (laughs) please check out Doug CT Thomas. You can hear his music on Pacific Coast FM. And what's the name of your website? dot musiccom and there you can find Doug C.T. Thomas's music. You have been listening to The Starboard with guest Doug C.T. Thomas. To find out more about The Starboard podcast, look me up on Facebook. That's Doc Master Mike on Facebook. And there you can find links to our guest and to our past podcast episodes.